Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 34 of the Believing and Achieving podcast. Today, we are super blessed to be learning from Brooke Ralphs, who is a committed fitness nutrition coach um, dedicated to guiding others through a transformative journey. Um, Having navigated her own weight loss journey, she understands the challenges firsthand, specializing in mindset, fat loss, macros, and weightlifting. Thank you for being on here today, Brooke. Um, Thanks for me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So the first thing I would love for the audience to kind of learn from you is your fitness journey. So going from where you had started to where you are now, if you could just give like a brief overview of that. Sure. I'd love to. So I feel like I've tried everything under the sun for the past 12 years. Like ever since I graduated high school, like you know, you go to college, you gain the freshman 15, and then you try to get the 15 off and you, you try a fad diet, you get the 15 off and then you don't know how to keep it off. So you gain 20 more and then you do another fad diet. You lose the 20, then you get to your goal weight of losing the 20 and then you gain 30 more. And then I just kept doing that over and over until I was like 60, 80 pounds overweight because I kept, I just kept doing fad diet after fad diet, but then I never know how knew how to like consistently get to my goal weight because like the fad diet was just a strategic way to get me to a place, but it didn't teach me how to like live an everyday lifestyle at all. So then it was like, as soon as I got there, I didn't know how to like incorporate the foods that I banned. I did it and then I binged and then it would get me to an even worse place. So then fast forward, this yo-yoed just back and forth, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, weight gain. Um, I had my first baby. And then I remember holding her one night. It was like postpartum. So a little bit of postpartum hormones. Like I was crying. I felt like I hit rock bottom, but more because I was like, I have gained even more weight. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get this off. I am just so done responding. I just want to be that mom that's running around with her kids and her babies and having fun and not caring about the reflection in the mirror and not like having my daughter see me care about like putting a swimsuit on or like having body issues. And I was just like, I need to change this. And so in that moment, I was like, you know what I am doing, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it the right way, or I'm going to die trying. Like I'm done. It's, it's now or never, like I'm doing it. Like, no, I'm going to start day one, but I'm never having another day one again. I'm going to figure this out and just roll with the punches. And then that's what got me to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this the healthy way. And then that started, kickstarted my journey. It was right there. That is like super relatable to a lot of people. I'm sure. I think literally everybody I talk to and everybody that has ever gone on a fad diet cannot freaking sustain it like it is so unsustainable and I I think too like like you'd said they always gain the weight back like it's it's not something that um you enjoy either like it's not you're not going to sustain something you can enjoy and so kind of my next question for you is like 
what was like, what was the thing that you had found that was super sustainable for you for like the people who are unaware of like how to get out of the cycle of like binge restrict or how to get out of a fad diet? What was sustainable? Would you say for you? Totally. So like, luckily, so before I got to that point where I was like, I'm making this major change, like I have to change. Luckily for the six prior years, I was actually a sales manager for six years. So I was over these sales teams where I was constantly having to teach mindset training to in a business setting. So it was like, get out of the all or nothing set when it comes to business, get, you know, take accountability, take ownership, do all these things. And I was constantly having to like teach and help others learn this in a sales way. And then when it came time for me to like, I'm like, okay, taking ownership of my own health journey. I was like, I need to like, wow, I need to like take ownership. I'm not doing that. I need to take accountability. I'm not doing that. Like, wow, I have an all or nothing mindset bad. Like I just realized that I needed to like apply these mindsets that I knew in a different facet of life and like apply it to a fitness and nutrition sense. Um, and then I found macros. Someone told me about macros and I feel like it's the hardest one. I'm not going to lie. Like it's not the easiest thing to do, like to understand food because that's what macros is. I would never consider macros a fad diet. Macros is just eating what you would eat every day, but understanding what that food is made up of. It either is protein, carbs, and fat. And some have like more micronutrients in them, but at the end of the thing, at the end of the day, it's carbs, protein, and fat. And that's what it is. And so I was like, okay, so if I get the right amount of protein and if I get the right amount of carbs and the right amount of fat within a certain caloric limit, I was like, I'll lose weight. And so in that moment, I was just like, that's going to be cool for me. Not only because like it makes sense because I'm going to learn how to fuel myself. Right. But then I stopped seeing food as good or bad. It wasn't like this food is going to get to my goal. Like I can get a six pack if I have this food. It like, that wasn't a thing anymore. It was like, actually all food can incorporate it in moderation and actually still have a physique that I'm proud of and like be strong and excel in. And so like the moment I realized that, and it took a second to realize because, you know, it's hard to believe when someone tells you like, you can have Oreos and have a six pack you can like have cake and like be fit and be strong. You're it's really hard to believe when you have lost weight and never with deeming those things as bad, but you're able to incorporate that into your diet and lose weight and then get stronger. You realize that carbs actually were never the enemy. They were never the enemy. They're the thing that gives me energy. So I think like with, that's what I would say is like those macronutrients, understanding what your food is made up of is what helped me to make it a a lifestyle, like change my life. Absolutely. I completely agree. And almost like for me, I don't know if you ever went through this phase, but like you get so comfortable with macros that it's almost like you like don't even want to go off of your diet. Like you love it. And I mean, I don't even want to call it a diet, but it's like for me, I got to the point where like I literally like my macros were so easy for me to hit that it was like I was losing weight like too much, like to the point where I was like, oh, shoot, like, okay, I need to start like you know, adding yes. more in again. Have you, have you yes. ever experienced oh, that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Like you, yeah. once you hit macros for a long period of time, I don't, I don't, I'm tell me if what you believe with it, I really believe you can intuitive eat without understanding macros because once you hit your macros for so long, I know when I've had protein, like I can feel it. It's yeah. like, holy, I'm not satiated. I need protein. So that's like at that point. But like, if you don't understand macros, how do you intuitive eat? It's like, you wouldn't know, like my body's telling me I need a cheeseburger. It's like, is it, or is it telling you you need protein and some carbs because you're tired and hungry? And that's Absolutely. how you're going to. Feel. 
you know? Yeah. Yes. Well, and I loved how you pointed out, like, with your sales experience, how, like, you had to do mindset work before. So it's like they have to do the mindset work before you do the physical work, which is like, I think it's kind oh, of yeah. like what all coaches teach their clients. It's like, you got to get yeah. the habits and routines down before we even like, that's something I always do with my clients is it's like, we need to be looking at the routines and the habits you currently have before we're like even thinking about weight loss or thinking about pursuing yeah. a goal, because we totally. don't know, like, we don't know how challenging that goal is going to be without the habits and the routines and the mindset already ready to go. So yes. yeah, I love and that I you put like it out. Simple, physical changes are a manifestation of mental changes. Absolutely. Like you change your mentality, the physical manifestation of that change follows. But mm -hmm. I don't, it's really hard to keep up a physical change without the mental change. It crumbles. You can't, mm -hmm. I don't think you can do it. Yeah. I wasn't able to at least. I don't know. Oh, me either. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Well, and I love too how you had mentioned with how you, it's really hard to intuitively eat without without having at least some experience of tracking macros. And mm -hmm. I think from a person's perspective, you look out and you're like, oh, that looks so hard. Like, adding in every little piece of food that you eat all day long and like, you know, analyzing what it is, but it's like, everything's hard in the beginning. Like you're learning something new. It's not fun, but it's yeah. like, after you get past that point, it's then like, Oh, like this is more sustainable. And then one more thing that I wanted to point out that I love that you said was like how macros kind of took the food rules away and like allowed you to have what you want because yeah. it did the same exact thing for me. I feel like I was able to then view things from like a nutritional perspective rather than like a good or bad perspective. Like, yeah. oh, this is more nutritionally beneficial for me rather than like, this is something that is good. Like, I don't know. It's just like nutritionally beneficial versus like a moral standard. not as nutritious instead yeah. of the morals around food. Yes. Yes. hundred yes. percent. I feel the same. Okay. So kind of rolling into our questions for you now. Um, so I kind of want to talk about, so we, I had messaged you this one. Um, so how do you address like the psychological barriers and emotional challenges that clients may face during their fat loss journey? Cause I think a lot of people who start embarking on a fat loss journey, like you said in the kind of before you were just talking about, it's really hard for people to believe that you can have an Oreo and still have a six pack or yeah. you can eat what you want and still you know, achieve great results. So maybe you could share some of the psychology and the barriers around that. Yeah, I'd love to. So scientifically, I think it, you have to look at the science behind it, right? It's like, okay, if you're going to gain a pound of fat, you have to eat 3,500 calories, but that's over your maintenance calories. And people that blows their mind when they hear that they're like, wait over. I'm like, yeah, your maintenance is like 2,200 maybe. So you have to eat like six to 7,000 calories in a day to like gain a pound of fat. And so like, I think when you understand the science of food, like the nutrition value that you were talking about, then it's like, okay, the cake actually is just carbs and your body sees it as a carb. Even if it's complex or simple, your body sees it as a carb. It digests differently. Yes. But technically in a law thermodynamics way of energy in energy out, it's a calorie and that's your body sees it as a calorie and it's a carb. And so by seeing it that way, I think it is one, it's able to take that like food restriction you were talking about away. Um, but then barriers, it's, just, I feel like with my clients, I'm constantly helping them come back to a place of like, trust me until you can trust yourself because you'll get to a point, like I had to trust someone else while I started because I saw something. I can't even remember what it, someone told me. I don't even remember. It was like, no, I promise. Like if you actually just 
eat in a slight deficit, hit these macros, you're going to feel better, you're going to feel strong, and then you're going to lose weight. And I, it was hard for me to believe until I saw it myself. It's like, it's like, it was just knowledge until it into wisdom, until it was my own experience. Because the moment that you like incorporate a little bit of candy and cake or whatever you desire into your daily habits while staying within that caloric deficit, and then you lose five pounds, your mind is blown. Cause you're like, what? I just lost weight. And I had candy this week where once upon a time I deemed this terrible for me. And like that never could live in the same life. Like that blew my mind. And so I just am constantly helping people understand, like you will understand when you get to the, until you put the work in to understand. And then when you start to see that, when you start to see the results come in from you hitting these macros and these, this caloric deficit and putting in the work to match the energy out, like getting your workouts in intense K steps, what it takes to be able to assure that you're in that deficit, then you're going to see it. You're going to see the, the weight loss come off. And like, then you're going to be able to trust that like, oh, this is a sign. My body isn't special. It's not different. Like this isn't something that works for you and not works for me. It's actually science. It's how law of thermodynamics works. This makes sense. Like. I just have to trust it and stay consistent. I'm not, when I talk about fear-based and want-based motivation, I'm not talking about like relying on motivation. That's not what I'm saying because we need to rely on discipline, not motivation. Um, but our motive, which I think is different than motivation, our motive to do something, our reason why we're doing something. Um, I think when you recognize when you're falling into a place of like feeling anxiety or stress, nine out of 10 times, it's because you're working off of fear. It's like, am I doing this thing because I want to, or am I doing this thing? Because if I fear I don't, I'm a failure. I fear, am I doing this? Because if I fear I don't, I'm going to gain even more weight. I'm doing this because if I fear, if I don't hit my macros, then I'm going to like, I'm done after this. Like there's nothing else I can do. And I'm just going to be this chick that gains weight for the rest of my life. Like, or am I doing this because I want to be strong? Am I doing this because I want to feel what it feels like to get the right nutrients in my body and see, see how that feels like, and fuel myself. Do I want to, um, do it just doing it because you want to rather than you fear. So like a mm -hmm. lot of these barriers you'll notice it's like, Oh my gosh, you're right. I fallen into a place where like, I'm doing it because I fear if I don't, I'll have nothing to talk to you about at our accountability meetings. It's like, yeah, don't worry about me. Like you talking to me next week, like do it because you want to change yourself and you want to get better. Not don't do it because you're, you're scared that I'm going to have a problem. I have nothing to do with this. Actually. It's all you, you're the one that makes the changes. So it's like basing your, your, your motive off of want rather than fear. And like, I see a lot of it with emotion, like, with fat loss, because you get to a place where like, can I do this? Uh, and then you run off of fear because, and then you get stressed, you get burned out and you decide to quit. Mm. Where if you constantly are focusing on your, like your why of like, no, I want to learn. I want to get better. I want to be strong. I want, it'll just be longer lasting in a place of feeling good and motivated. Not Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think too, it's kind of like, when you, I think when I think of that mindset, when I hear that, I, I think of faith. So you're in a place of faith or you're in a place of fear and faith comes from, I think faith comes from the confidence of taking the actions, regardless of if you know, if it's right or wrong, you're just choosing to show up. Yes. And honestly, I would say that's like 90% of weight loss. Oh, like yeah. it's truly just choosing to show up and also like committing to something kind of like you had said, like come back to the why of like, 
like realigning with what is important to you and like why you're doing it is so important for staying with it and staying committed to what you want to do. Yes. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, I want to go into the next question for you. So let's see what, okay. So this is a good one. In your experience, what common misconceptions do you have about fat loss and, or how, or your clients? Let's see. In your experience, what common misconceptions do people have about fat loss and how do you educate your clients to overcome these? Oh my gosh. This is a good one. You're correct. (laughs) This is right. One, the biggest one is carbs. They're like, Brooke, I I'm not, I can't hit my carb goal. Or even to the point where they're like, they almost pat themselves on the back when they don't hit their carbs. And they think that I'm going to like high five them for that. They're like, Brooke, you'd be so proud of me. I didn't hit my carbs this week. I was like, I'm not proud. That's terrible. Like you need carbs. Carbs give you energy. You probably could have had like a way better workout if you got your carbs in and like maybe even up to your daily total energy expenditure, got more steps in if you had carbs, like restriction is not something to be proud of. And I think so many people, a common misconception with fat loss is like, you have to restrict in order to see fat loss. And that's a mindset issue. Like, I mean, there's totally boundaries you have to stay within. Like, let's be real. Yes, there's boundaries, but the way that you approach it, you don't have to be restricted in order to see fat loss. Um, I think that's a huge one. What's another one? Let me think. I don't know. That's the main one that I think of is carbs for sure that I deal with at least. Oh yeah. Or- and I ha- like people will come to me all the time and be like, oh, so I can have bread. It's like, why is ever like, it's always bread, like white bread. Yes. They're like, oh, it's so bad. Like don't eat it. Yes. Or like 1200 calories. They, oh, they yeah. think that is like the main number. I'm like, my toddler needs 1200 calories, like more than that, honestly. Mm. And so like, I think that blows people's minds too, is when I'm like, just so you know, I always have to preface my clients, just so you know, like the caloric limit I'm going to give you is way higher than you think it's going to be. And they're like, really? I'm like, yes. And don't be afraid because that is a deficit number. It's a deficit number. I never went under 1780 when I lost 85 pounds, like never like, Mm. and that was a deficit, but it was a healthy deficit. I wasn't dropping five pounds in a week. It was like 0.5 to three pounds a week over the course of time. That was a consistent, good fat loss for my height and weight. So like I, it's hard to give out numbers because I don't want people to think like, oh, that's the magic number two. But I'm just saying it's a lot higher than people think it is. Like it's not absolutely like the reason why people think 1200 is the magic number is because they can do it for like two days. They drop a ton of water weight and then they're starving and they binge and it like rightfully so because they're starving as they should be. Like their resting metabolic rate is is higher than 1200 calories. Mm-hmm. which is just the calories you burn just to stay alive. So I wish people understood that more. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions too, is like that they eating way less and like, you can't, that's not sustainable. You can't do it. Absolutely. And I think too, it's like, it's funny how you brought up like the restriction is like not what you're looking for. Cause people think, Oh, if I restrict to my maximum amount, yeah, go to sugar. thousand yeah. calories a day, then yeah. I'll lose weight, you know, as fast as I can. But then it's like, faster is not better either though. It's yes. like, if you can't sustain it long-term, you got it. I think a lot of times people need to be reframing their mindsets too, when it comes to, they need to be thinking in months. They need yeah. to be thinking in months and even years, yeah. not weeks. And yeah. I think when they do those thousand, 1200 calorie diets, they're thinking in days and weeks and they're yeah. thinking, Oh, in two weeks, I'll have this much, this much weight off yes. of me. Yes. But 
but the the long term, the slower is always going to give you better results. Oh yeah, and you don't want to wreck your metabolism if you eat. I, I work with so many girls where they're so used to eating 800 calories and like we're one, we're just trying to fix their metabolism to get higher before we even focus on losing weight because they've just been eating so low that their resting metabolic rate has just adjusted to that number. And it's Mm. like, we need to get you, your body, your metabolism working, like show your body that you're going to fuel it. Right. And like, that's hard. So like I, and I understand and people just thrash it. And then you have so much more things that you need to fix. If you just keep restricting more Mm. than just, your mindset, like your body will have repercussions from it. And I think that's where like a lot of people will claim like, Oh, I have a sugar addiction or, Oh, I, I, um, let's see, I have a really bad sweet tooth. It's probably, I would say arguably that's almost always from like under eating, like they don't eat all day. And so your brain is obviously going to crave like the most calorically dense option because you're like not eating enough. Yes. I I totally agree because I, I don't think anyone has a bigger sweet tooth than I do. I am dead serious. And like, I haven't binged in years now. And it's because I'm giving myself the right amount of protein that I need. So like, I never feel like I have to just like, my body is like, I haven't felt that binge urge. And it's because I'm fueling myself in the way that my body needs so that even when I do like diligent, like or not diligently, deliberately go over my macros, like to indulge in something. It's not like a binge fest like it used to. It's just like, oh, sweet. I I deliberately indulged in this. It's not going to do anything crazy. Like it's only two or 300 calories more than my maintenance, like my maintenance. That's nothing over the grand scheme of things. Like the, what we do consistently is way more important than what we do every so often. And so like by seeing that, it just, I don't know, it changes everything. You're like, wow. Absolutely. And that's kind of like, again, I think that comes back to like the importance of understanding macros. And um, I kind of wanted to give a better idea of that for the audience. Could you help them understand like what macros are and how they could start incorporating macro tracking maybe into their own lifestyles? Oh, totally. So first, before even macros, I think it's even more important if it's okay, if I talk about law thermodynamics. Yeah. Because for the law of thermodynamics, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, right? It can either be moved or um, stored. So like we eat energy and we either move it or we store it. And so for our bodies, we eat a, our, we have a resting metabolic rate is what we burn just to stay alive. So if like you were going to sit and watch Netflix, someone just like not even lifted your finger, did nothing all day, your body, most people's resting metabolic rate like ranges from like 14 to 1600 calories, which is wild. That's so high. So that's more than 1200 calories. Then you add in all of your daily activities that you're doing. Like you're going to the grocery store, you are getting your workout in, you're getting 10K steps, you're cleaning, you're taking care of your kids, you are doing a podcast. Like you're doing all these things, you're like adding energy in it. And so then that means that your your maintenance calories, like you're adding that energy. So then it gets to your maintenance calories. So then if you're going to fuel yourself, you need to give energy input to the same energy output so that you stay the same weight. And people need to understand that. So then when you put go into a slight deficit, like take a little bit less energy input than the energy output that you're outputting, then you can slowly lose fat loss. The thing that is hard for people to understand is like technically a calorie is a calorie. So like, say if I was gonna put someone in a caloric deficit of like 1700 calories, just a random number. If they just wanted to eat just 1700 calories, they would still lose weight. Like totally, you would still lose weight by if you just wanted to eat 1700 calories. The problem is though, is if you eat 1700 calories of just carbs, you're going to feel like crap. 
if you ate 1700 calories of just protein, you're gonna feel like crap, same with fat. And so if you eat 1700 calories with the right amount of protein, you're going to feel satiated and you're going to feel full. If you eat 1700 calories with the right amount of carbs, you're going to feel energized and you're not going to have brain fog in the middle of your meeting in the day. And you're gonna be able to run around and do the activities you want. And then if you get the right amount of fat within that 1700 calories, your hormones are going to be more balanced. You're going to be able to absorb those vitamins and nutrients that you want. And then you're going to just feel not only be able to lose weight by getting those macronutrients into your caloric deficit, but you're going to be able to stay there because you're feeling satiated. Like you could do that for weeks and not ever want to even binge or want to feel out of control because your body's getting all the right of those or right amount of those nutrients, which is made up in your food. Yes. I totally agree with what you were saying earlier. Like at the beginning, it's hard, but every day gets easier than the day before. I remember when I started, it took me like 15 to 20 minutes to hit my macros digitally because I'm like huge on hit your macros digitally before you hit them physically. Because if you, for me, at least some people are different, but for me, like I can't go throughout my day, just like trying to hit my macros or else I'm constantly thinking about macros. I'm like, Oh, I can't do this. Like, and then you end up at the end of your day with like 40 grams of protein and you're drinking egg whites and you're like, this is the worst life ever. I agree. That is the worst life ever. Like that's not, that's not good. But if you can sit down for like 15 to 20 minutes and like plan out what you're going to eat, I'm not even meaning meal planning, just like put what you put in for lunch, what you eat for dinner, what you put in for breakfast and your snacks. And then you're able to hit your macros digitally stay within like negative five or positive five of each macro and calorie goal. Then all you have to do is wake up the next morning and then you already know what you're going to eat. And then you feel great. And you don't have to worry about macros all day. You don't have to wonder like, Oh, does this fit? Does it not fit? I'm not sure. Like, and then you're just worried all day. You already have had that planned. Um, so I feel like that's like a very basic overview of that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was super helpful. I think that can help people to understand, like with the law of thermodynamics, that's very important. I think too, because I think with fad diets, they don't exactly know what they're doing with the diet. Like they're losing weight, but like what's going on. And so I think that's also really important to mention. Um, and then I wanted to just say too, I think like a really, cool thing you can do as we had mentioned earlier in the podcast once you do get comfortable with macros is you can intuitively eat and I think you learn how to uh, build a balanced plate which is like something that I really try to teach my clients is like learn how to build the plate for your body's needs. Some people are going to need more carbs. Some people are going to need more fats. Like it really depends on the person but like what your body will gravitate towards I think is going to change as you have, as you learn macros, as you learn how to build a balanced plate. Like for me, I'm super active. I'm sure you're super active. And so you might need, you know, double carbs in each meal, or you might need, you know, a little more protein, like whatever it is, you start to learn. And it's super cool, like with tracking how you can learn to build that plate so that going forward, like if you don't want to track, you don't have to. And it's like, you can maintain your results for the rest of your life. Like how incredible is that? You'll never have to go on another freaking stupid and obnoxious diet. Like you don't have to. And so I think it's just like, it's really just knowledge and you don't have to do tracking forever in order to sustain results. It's kind of more of like a lever to use when you want to dial it in, maybe lose some weight, or maybe you want to gain some muscle, whatever your goals are. 
I just think it's a strategic way. I feel like yeah. if you have a very strategic plan, like I need to lose this weight, it's like, then this would be a very good option because it's science. Like it comes down to science. Like you can rest assured and sleep at night knowing that you're doing what you need to do for it to come, come off. And then you just trust the process at that point. I think like if you were just, if you had a strategic plan or like you were trying to get to a strategic physique goal and then you weren't counting macros, I almost feel like it's a guessing game at that point. It's like mm -hmm. you're, you're getting guessing nutrition and getting guessing results. And that would be frustrating after a while. If you're like, why am I getting this, this, like, why am I, I'm trying to get this, but like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you don't know, you don't know what you're eating. Like, but I do think you can get to a point where you would know it's like, no, I'm trying to build muscle. I need like 30 more grams of protein than what this or 40 or 50 grams and more carbs to like be able to help me lift heavier. And then like, even to the point, like right now I still track just because I'm working with people every day. And I want to like, make sure that I'm in tune with what I'm teaching. I don't want to like, I want to just like make sure that I'm in a spot where I don't forget those tiny tips and tricks, you know? Yeah. But the days that I don't track, like when I go on vacation, I don't even believe in tracking actually when you're on vacation, but when I'm like out of my routine and I'm building my plate, I feel like I naturally hit my macros without even trying now because mm -hmm. you just like, no, oh, wow. I'm out of protein. I'm going to grab a protein bar. Oh, I'll build my plate. I'm going to put protein and complex carbs first and some fat before I grab something indulgent, like 80% whole foods, 20% indulgent foods. Like, like you're completely right. Like this is not something that you have to do the rest of your life. Cause I think people find that daunting. They're like, I don't want to do that forever. It's like, mm -hmm. you do not have to do that. just like treat it as something like you learn and learn how to fuel yourself. And then it's not even something that's like a hindrance. Like if someone was like track your macros tomorrow, it wouldn't be like, Oh, I have to do that. Like, it's not it'd be like easy. Like now I can literally hit my macros within under 45 seconds. Like that's wild that it, mm -hmm. because I'm like a creature of habit. I know the foods that I like and what I normally go to eat. A yeah. lot of us are eating a completely different food every single day of our life. Like we're just not, we're, we know what we go to the grocery store and we usually buy. So yeah. like after the time, it just gets so much easier. And it's just like riding a bike. I feel like it's just now nutrition is, I've made it to maintenance heaven. I'm just like riding this bike that I know how to ride now. Mm-hmm. And that's like, to your point, I think a lot of people like still track. Like I, I do too. I think a lot of people will continue to track. I've actually had experiences. Like I had mentioned where like I'll go to, I'll stop tracking and I'll actually end up losing weight because yeah. the meals that you like, I'm very much a volume eater. Like a lot of the food I eat is like, you know, super high volume. And I love to just like throw it all in there. And so it makes you full really quick. And then you're like, you know, oh yeah, I think I've eaten enough today, but you might be like a hundred calories short. And if you that prolonged period of time, it's kind of like you said, it's a guessing yeah, game. And so, yeah. and so it's important that like, whatever your goal is that you do, I think do track it because it's like, you don't know unless you're seeing, and unless, unless you have like a meal plan that you're following and you have like the same exact meals, then it's like, okay, at that point it doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah that's, I think you're so right about how, tracking is something that you can do like it doesn't become a havoc like long term it's like now if you now, have the right mindset with it if you have a right. horrible mindset I think it'd be terrible just like any other diet to be honest yeah it's totally. like super restrictive with it like oh no sugar no car like no no complex simple carbs only complex like it could be just as bad as any other fad diet if you have like a terrible mindset towards it I think having a healthy mindset is everything Mm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think, I think macros is actually a way to just like, al like allow what you want, like allow what you want and you can yeah. see what, like what you're having. It's like, you get yeah. to see 
exactly how you're feeling your body. Yes. You're like, wow, I'm actually like 50% indulgent food, 50% whole foods. I should like up my whole foods. Like you're able to see that. And even if there are days where you're like 60% whole foods, 40% indulgent, and maybe 50, 50, maybe 90, 10, like you're able just to see. And then you just see that those small wins compound over time. Like, I don't know. And then you can just slowly change where you get to the point where you actually like crave whole foods more than the indulgent foods. You're like, you get to the point with macros that it's like, wow, I remember like having to eat like a whole box of Hershey's Kisses or a whole bag. And now like I have one, like, I'm just grateful that I get three. I'm like, I love that. Like in an abundance mindset, it's like, I get three, like, that's amazing. And I still get to like get hit my goals. Like I'm still going to like put on muscle and lose fat and I get Hershey's Kisses. Like it's just staying in a place of an abundance. It's not going anywhere. Like if it's something that you can't have today, what's stopping you from programming it into your day tomorrow or the next day or the next day? Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing. It's just constantly having a healthy mindset towards it all. So you don't fall into that restriction. I just think the moment you fall into a restriction mindset is the moment you quit or you plan on quitting. It ends up becoming a means to an end. It's like, I'm going to do this till I get to my goal and then I'm done. But then if you're done, when you get to your goal and you stop fueling yourself in a good way, you just end up back to where you were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, okay, so that's actually a really good segue into what I, I was going to ask you something, but now I'm like, okay, this is a really good point. So that's a, that's a fun thing about podcasts is you can really just it. jump all around and people what are you like, want? you know, yeah, it just it intrigues people. Like for me, when I'm listening to another podcast, I love when they bring up random topics. I'm like, oh wait, what they say? Like, let me go back a little bit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so to your point, I think sometimes people believe things because they want they they believe that a desired outcome is going to happen without zero with with zero effort is what I'm trying to say and I think sometimes like I think people can get in this mindset with like weight loss and stuff too where they think that like oh if I put I can once I have it all figured out I don't have to put any effort into it anymore like I can just be lazy and I think and I hate saying that word because it's like I don't want to like make anyone feel bad I'm not saying that you are lazy. I'm just saying that like, I think it's really important to reassess when you find yourself going off track, so to speak. And I'm not saying off of tracking macros, but just maybe you're finding that like, you're not really putting much energy into your workouts. You're not really putting much energy into your self-care or into your nutrition. Like you're just doing things kind of, yeah, deliberate. And I think when you see results and you get to this like maintenance heaven, like you had said, you kind of get to this place of like comfort and it's like the second that you get comfort, it's like you want to just kind of put the, put the brakes on, but that's also what's going to get you back to square one. And so I think sometimes it's important to remind yourself these habits and routines are in place for a reason and they're there to keep me in the shape I'm in now and in the mindset and the health I'm in now. And so if I start to slip up on those things, I can't expect to have good results. Oh, no. I see it as falling. I call that falling in love with the process because the day that you love your day, the day that you're like, oh my gosh, I hit my macros. I loved hitting my macros. I ate good food while I hit my macros. I got my workout in. I got my 10K steps in. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling good. I love life. The day you get to that day, even when you're not to your goal yet, you've won. And mm-hmm. the reason why you won is you're not going to quit. It's like- yep. I don't even care if I get to my goal way. I want to do this again tomorrow because that's how good I feel. And then I'm going to do it the next day. And then I'm going to do it the next day. And all of a sudden you're past your goal weight, past it. 
And you're like, holy crap, I passed my goal weight. Anyways, back to my day because I I love my day. I love my process. Mm -hmm. It's like really hard for people when they have a weight loss goal is they just are so focused on the destination and getting to that destination that they forget that what gets you to the destination is what keeps you at your destination. Mm -hmm. So like, if you don't fall in love with what gets you there, then you're not going to stay there. Yeah. Well, and applying that to every area of life, like with business, with, um, with family, with relationships, like when you stop investing, you can't expect to get return, you know? And so, well, kind of what you were saying too, with like the whole zero effort, that's what I feel like that very much falls into the all or nothing mindset too. Yeah. Like people that have an all or nothing mindset, one people that usually struggle with that have an extreme fear of failure. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to try because if I fail, like I can't do that. So it's like, I either give a hundred percent or I give zero. They don't believe that you can have success or progress in between zero and hundred percent, which you can, no one's perfect. No one is doing a hundred percent because we're human. And so all of us are given like 80, 90, 60% days, but those are compounding over time, like a snowball rolling down a mountain. Mm -hmm. And so like, but someone with an all or nothing mindset, they see it as like, I have to give a hundred percent. I have to be perfect until I get to my goal. And then I don't have to do anything anymore because that's their mindset is a hundred percent or zero. There's nothing in between where if you let yourself live in the in-between while you get to their goal, you realize that you can live in the in-between while you're there. Mm-hmm. And you don't fall into that, like all or nothing mindset, even when you get to your goal, that's something that I, is huge. I feel like with having a healthy mindset towards it. Totally. And I'm, I'm grateful that you had like mindset training experience because I love like how it's coming up so much in this podcast. I think it's Sorry, really, like, yeah, it's like the most important thing to me. That's why no, it's, yes. no, it's, it's so great. I think it's really helpful for people to understand like the mindset behind it. And I think too, a huge thing that I'm sure you teach, and I was actually going to ask you a question next yes. can, talking about mindset, but, um, a huge thing that I think is really important is understanding our emotions within, within, any specific goal we're going after because a lot of times what happens is we either shove those motion emotions down and we just you know don't face them and we just kind of let them bury up or else we feel an emotion and we immediately tell ourselves we need to be feeling differently we need to tell ourselves like oh I should be happy right now or I should be feeling this type of way and I think sometimes that can be a huge barrier to seeing results. And this is probably all going to, it's going to come full circle. But, um, my point in sharing that is sometimes your emotions can, some people, sometimes we let them a lot, like, uh, take over what we, what is supposed to happen. Like we let our emotions take over our actions. And that's when it gets in the way of us seeing results with weight loss, with weight gain, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's probably because we're focusing on the wrong things. And that's what our emotions telling us. Mm-hmm. Like we're focusing like for me, it was 85 pounds. I lost 85 pounds and it took me nine months. And like, that was daunting at the beginning. It was like the thought of having to lose 85 pounds made me want to die. Like I was mm-hmm. like, how the freak am I going to do this? But like the, in the end, it's like, all I could focus on is the day at hand. Like tomorrow doesn't really matter. I can't do anything tomorrow. I can't do anything next week. I can't do anything in a month, actually, I can only do what I can today. Mm-hmm. So I just think like when it comes to our emotions too, it's like, what can I do today to better myself 1% better today than I was yesterday? 
Like, it's mm-hmm. like a compare, your, your only person you're comparing yourself is to who you were yesterday. It's like, okay, how can I get better today? Because that's the only thing I can control. That's the only thing I have control over. And then it's like one pound at a time. It's like, I can, can I lose one pound? I think I can lose one pound. I think most people, if you ask them, can they lose one pound? They would agree. They'd be like, yeah, I could lose a pound. Yeah. So do it five times. Do it 85 times, one at a time. If you think about it as a whole, 85 seems daunting. If you think about it as like one at a time, it's like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then when those small emotions come up, it's like, wait, wait, why am I focused about when I'm going to get there? Why do I care if I get there in six months? Because I have to focus on loving the process or I'm going to be right back to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. So what can I do today to make sure that I have a good day? What can I do today to better my to better my outcome, to make myself love this process. Because if I'm falling into a fear-based place where I'm emo- like running off of emotions, because you brought up emotions, probably coming off of fear, to be honest, somewhere it's running off of fear. It's like, how can I get back to a place of want where I feel good and then I'm being deliberate and not falling into a place where I'm being acted upon instead of acting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you can focus on just the day or even the hour, if you're so stressed, it's like, all I can only worry about is this hour. And then after that, the next hour. And then it's like, it's like, that's all you can worry about anyways. Cause we can't do anything until the time right now, the time that we're living in. And I think that helps a lot with weight loss. Cause then it's not so daunting. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to worry about the next year. No, you actually only have to worry about today. So are you going to get your 10 K steps in? Are you going to get your workout in? Are you going to get your protein goal? And I think that helps to like control the emotion in a way. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like to your point of just like, I think it's important to identify like, okay, so, and, and this goes into to like how we speak to ourselves. So I think identifying with like, okay, I see that I'm feeling a little bit sad today, but I'm not going to let me, cause like, you know, this is where the, the negative habits, the negative, the positive habits, let's say you're yeah. feeling sad in the past, maybe you would go and grab a cookie to make you feel better. Whereas yeah. now your coping mechanism is journaling or going to the gym. Like you have, and that's where it comes back to building those healthy habits in order to get the results you really want to, like the mindset and the, the identification of the emotion and coming back to kind of what I was going to point on too was like, that's why it is so important that we identify the emotion, but we don't identify with it. Like when it comes to seeing results, like, I think that, I think that that's like a huge thing, like the way that we speak to ourselves. And if we're telling ourselves like, oh, I am sad instead of I feel sad. You're speaking to my soul right now. Yeah. I think it's, I'm glad that you're resonating. You're bringing up lots of thoughts. I hope you're, you're feeling like you're getting a, a mic on here because oh, yeah, I don't want to be it. taking it all, all away from you. <laughs> I, love but it. I was just, I just have so many good thoughts rolling from you. Yeah. So anyway, I was just saying that, like, I think a lot of times that, um, when we talk to ourselves negatively, it totally impacts the way we perform and the way we show up. And so I think like step one of like starting, you know, whether it's a weight loss journey or weight gain or, you know, just pursuing a goal is establishing a healthy and positive self-talk and changing, identifying from identifying with the problem to viewing it, the problem as its own thing and that you are working on overcoming that. Yes. A thousand percent. Like even for me, I struggle with anxiety. I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety, but I don't identify someone with anxiety i've never yep. identified with someone do i get anxious yes do i have coping mechanisms to get over those anxious moments yes 
am I anxiety? Am I, do I have anxiety? No, I don't. I don't, I don't identify as that. I identify yeah. as a human being that works on coping through stressful moments. Mm-hmm. I just like hundred percent same with like weight loss. Like your thoughts actually brought up uh, or made me think of a point of like I, the whole reason I wanted to lose 85 pounds is because I felt like my outer self didn't reflect my inner self and aspirations. Mm. But like I identified as something very different than my outer appearance was reflecting. And that was hard because first impressions matter. Like, like it just, when you, when it doesn't matter if you are like the most hardworking, dedicated person, when you show up, like there's an outward appearance to that. And it's awkward and uncomfortable when you feel like it doesn't match. Mm. And like, that's how I felt. I felt like it didn't match. My outer appearance didn't match my inner self and aspirations and like what I identified as. And so I got to the point where I was like, I am going to identify as what I say I am. I say I'm hardworking. Why am I not going to like work hard towards my body? Like understanding how to fuel myself. I say that I'm like, I'm understanding and I have a healthy mindset. So why am I not working on these mindsets? Like even to identify as those things, you need to work on those things to be able to identify them. But like, make sure you're not identifying as like, I'm not like a huge one this brought made me think of it. it's like someone that's like, I've just always thought that that could never work for me. You know, it's like, well, why, why have you identified as like, this is something that could never work for you. Like you've mm-hmm. just decided that, like, why don't you decide like, if she can do it, why can't I do it? Like if anything, now that she's done it, it just shows that you can do it too. Like mm-hmm. identify as like, I'm going to identify as a learner, identify as someone that has discipline because someone with discipline learns. They just are constantly trying to learn how to get better. Like just, I totally agree with you. Constantly identifying as things that you want to be so that you end up becoming those things. Yeah. And like people can, like, I think a lot of times we take so much pride in what other people say of us. Like if they're like, oh, like she's really disciplined. That like is ringing in our heads. We're like, dang, that felt amazing to receive that compliment. (laughs) But the cool thing, the cool thing is, is we can teach ourselves that too. We can have that exact feeling of dopamine and excitement when we feel that way towards ourselves and the way we teach ourselves to do that is through the actions we're taking if we're going to be if we're going to be a disciplined person you better believe we're taking disciplined actions every single day and yes. so I, when i talk to clients too sorry just i keep cutting you off keep you're going you're not cutting me off we're I we're going like to okay, yeah, no. like, um but yes yeah, like I, I talk to a lot of people too where i'm like you know those really strong fit chicks in the gym I was like, they are not confident because they're walking around like, look at my sexy body. You may think that that's why they're confident, maybe because you just like haven't got to that point yet. But I promise that's not why they're confident. The reason why that those chicks are so confident is because they make commitments to themselves and they keep them. Mm -hmm. And they've kept commitments to themselves over and over again. Like that's what brings confidence is making small commitments to themselves. Like a lot of people that are like, I can't trust myself. Like, I just don't, feel, I feel like I'm going to quit. It's like, well, then the way to build trust with yourself is to make commitments and keep them to yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to start to like yourself because you're like, this girl's reliable. This girl's dependable. This girl says what she's going to do. They have to be small. Like, I'm not saying like plan to like run a marathon when you've never ran a mile in your life, like, and then try to do that. I mean, like really small steps, but when you do that over the course of time, you end up becoming very confident because you're now someone that when they say they're going to do something, does it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, do that. I am that person. And so it's like those people in the gym that are very fit because it's taken years to get there is because they've kept commitments for years to get there. Their physique isn't what brings them confidence. It's their mm-hmm. commitment, the commitment. Yeah. 
Well, in the micro, like I think a lot of times, like you'd said, like someone who is in the position of maybe like, you know, maybe like really overweight and they don't know how to start with their weight loss journey. They feel intimidated by the gym. They have all these limiting beliefs, all these things. I think it's really, really, really important to emphasize that you need to be making micro commitments, like really, really small before you can, before you can build up to something that's even, you know, moderate because you, you've got to really build that trust in yourself before you can take on these huge tasks. Yes. Cause I tried like Oh, you bet. You bet. I've done 75 hard and failed a million times. You bet. I've done all those things in the past. you like, for sure. I'm someone that was like, going to try all these crazy things and then could never do it because I had a super all or nothing mindset. But then when I decided to lose 85 pounds, it was like, you know what, what can I commit to? Because the thing that I'm done with is quitting. I'm done quitting. I just, you, you get to the point where you're kind of fed up with yourself. Like, I love it when I'm talking to clients and they're just like, I'm just getting annoyed with myself. I'm like, that's a good sign because I feel like that's the sign that's like, okay, I'm ready to like actually commit to something, but smaller. It's like, mm-hmm. so even when I started, it wasn't like I was going to hit the gym. Like I'm hitting now. I, I work out a lot more now than I did at the beginning of my weight loss journey at the beginning. It was like, okay, I'm going to hit the gym for three days. 45 minutes. And then I'm going to get some steps in every day, like very small. I was like, I can do that. And then it's like, once I kept that commitment for like a month, I was like, holy cow shook because I was so consistent. I was like, I can't believe I did that. I just went to the gym for a whole month. You know, I was like, oh my gosh. And I loved it. Like, can I add a day? And you kind of have like this little conversation with yourself where you're like, can I go to four days a week? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm only going to add it if I can be consistent. Like if I'm not going to be consistent with, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that to myself. Like, I don't want to go back on my word because I'm someone that keeps commitments. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to add four days. And then you do that for three months and you're like, I can't believe I just did that for three months. And then again, you, maybe you want to add another day or you want to add like a, a run in the week, but it's like, you get to the point, I feel like where you're so good at making small micro commitments to yourself that like, it's so amazing when you have these conversations with yourself and add, because you know that you're going to be able to do it because mm. you're like, I can do this. Like it, can I do this? Like you get to decide and then you're like, well, I'm going to, because I'm not like I'm committing to it. And mm. then like, that's what builds that confidence and like over time. And I love that you brought that up. Like very, very tiny. Yeah. Mike. Well, and, and at the same time, like you can have all these doubts. That's okay. Yeah. Outwork your doubts Outwork yeah. them. Oh, Go yeah. put in the effort. And if you don't believe in it, like at least just show up and do the actions and you'll probably surprise yourself. Cause that's a lot of times, like when I first started, I remember that feeling of like, I, I was confident, like I was confident in going to the gym, but there were certain things where I would be scared of like lifting really heavy or I'd be really scared of like, and so I just start, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to try it out. We have no idea how it's going to turn out, but we're going to do it. And so I think having the mindset of also like, I'm open and I'm a learner, like you had said, it kind of brings new opportunities that you wouldn't have expected you could even do. Like you're totally proving yourself. Yes. And my thing the past couple of weeks, actually, it's funny you brought that up because my thing is actually also like lately, I've been talking a lot about like, prove yourself right. Even like believe that you can do it and then prove yourself right. Because I think sometimes even when we prove our, we want to prove ourselves wrong. Like when we have a doubt, we prove ourselves wrong. If we fail we kind of use those failures as affirmations that we were right. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if you were doubting yourself the whole time and then you failed, it's like, dang it. I knew I couldn't do it. I knew it. 
where it's like, no, that was just a failures or stepping stones to success. That's all a failure is that mm. that isn't an affirmation that you actually can't succeed. That's not an affirmation at all. That is literally just a learning opportunity to change and get better. But if you're constantly believing in yourself, like I can do this, like telling yourself, like we thought talked about, like having a good thought process, like I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And like, then every time you achieve, it's like, I knew I could do this. Yeah. Do this. Instead totally. of affirming your own belief in yourself rather than like waiting for those affirmations of doubt. Yes. I don't know about you, but like in the gym, I'm literally, I'm literally repeating that out loud. I'm like, you can yes. do this. Come on. One more rep. Let's go. Yes. And even if I can't, like, even if I don't, I'm like, well, tomorrow I'm definitely doing it. Like I'm so close to like benching a plate right now. Like it's my thing. I'm like, I'm so close. Like, and so I'm like, it's, it's tomorrow. Like I can do it. It's tomorrow. Like, or, yeah. So even if it's not today, it's tomorrow, girl tomorrow. I'm impressed. Cause I, oh. my dumbbell bench press is my weakest one. I'm like, oh, I hate that movement. I know it's hard. Same. Yes. And I'm making myself love it, but it's hard. Yes. That's good. You're challenging yourself. Well, okay. We have a couple more minutes here, but I just want to end out on two things. So number one, I want to give people kind of a little fat loss blueprint from you because you have worked with a lot of clients who have struggled with that. So maybe you could leave a little fat loss blueprint. And then number two, I want to see where people can find you like on socials and stuff like that. So if you could do both of those. Yes. Okay. So say you're someone that you felt like you related to this. You're like, I've tried every fad diet. I have tried everything under the sun. I feel like I'm that chick that everything works for everyone else, but it doesn't work for me. This is what I would do if I were you. I would one, I would figure out what your maintenance calories are at. I think that's super important to figure out what your maintenance is at. Um, and you can do that by like an online calculator. You can go to a gym too, and they can test it there as well. Um, a lot of gyms have machines. You would just ask like a personal trainer where you could figure out your resting metabolic rate and then add like five or 600 calories to that. And then that's mostly probably where your maintenance are going to be at. And then figure out what you would need to be to be in a caloric deficit. So maybe minus when I say slight deficit, I mean like 200, 300 less than your maintenance. Like it is not a lot. Like you're still eating yourself. Like the goal eating good. Like the goal is to eat enough that you feel satiated and you're little, you should be a little hungry if you're trying to lose fat loss. Like, let's be real. Let, like, I don't want to like mislead people. Like, no, you're just going to feel great and full. Like, no, if you're, if you're putting less energy in than you are putting out, like you should feel a little bit, you kind of want to be a little bit hungry to know that it's working. Right. But not so hungry that like you're obsessing over food. That's not a good sign. Like if you are obsessing, that's all you can think about. We probably should up your calories. So like figure out a good caloric deficit. Um, I think a really good, there's so many different ways to have a good macro split. I think a basic, really good one is the 40, 30, 31. I've seen so much success on it of 40% carbs, 30% protein and 30% fat of that caloric deficit number. And then get on, get at my fitness pal and put it into your goals right there undo your step, like take your steps out of that. So like get on my fitness pal and then like make sure it's not tracking steps because that's going to mess up your macros and it's going to add energy into that. Put you back to your, just dislocate that, um, dislocate or dis, what is the word I'm trying to use? Dislocate. That's not the right word. Dis, you know what I mean? Detach. Yes. There you go. Like your exercise from the app. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then for the first couple of days, just see where you're at. Like Put your food that you normally eat in, and then you might be shocked. You'd be like, holy cow, like I eat 
so little protein. How am I surviving at this point? I think that's huge for women. They eat like 40 grams of protein a day. And they're like, no wonder, like I binge so much and I'm starving because like, I haven't had enough protein in 10 years. It's like, yeah, like your body's on survival mode probably. And so just then figure out foods that you love to eat and try to hit those macros within negative five, positive five, and then see how you feel and take it day by day, make it a lifestyle, make it something that you love. Like don't, I, when I say that, I'm not saying like, don't force yourself to love it. That's not a thing. I mean, tweak it. It can be a same process done a million different ways. So it's like, if you don't like eating this food, don't plan it in. If you don't like working out at this time, don't work out at that time. If you don't like ending your day with like, 50 minutes of steps, break it up throughout your whole day. Like reward yourself. Like I like to reward myself with a soda after every so often, because I'm like, sweet, this is part of my process. It makes me like what I'm doing. Just things like that. Um, I would, I would say to get 10 K steps in this blueprint because you burn three to 400 calories just by getting 10 K steps. So that's just assuring you that you're in a caloric deficit and then try to get strength training in, because if you can learn how to build muscle, the more muscle that we have on our body, our body naturally burns more energy because just having muscular body, like fit chicks in the gym that are super have muscle on them, their maintenance calories are like up to 3000 at this point, just to maintain that body. Like what a dream to eat that much food to stay the same weight and be like fit. Like it's because when you have muscle on your body, your body naturally burns more energy just to keep it there. And so work on getting muscle on your body, work on getting steps and hitting that food without restricting yourself, have an abundance mindset, get rid of your all or nothing mindset. And I promise like, if you do that for six, seven months, you'll be a completely different person at that time. Amen. I wanted to add too, I think in the beginning, it's kind of a good idea as well to focus on protein and calories over carbs and fats. Cause there's, those are going to move around interchangeably. And unless you're eating like 20 grams of carbs a day and you're like trying to do some keto, I think you're okay to like you know, really not yeah. focus on those as much just because those are both energy sources. And yeah. as long and, as you're sorry, what are you saying? Oh yeah. You're right. I was just saying, and calories are king though. So right. like, yeah, don't try to go over a macro to, I don't know, go over your calories to hit a macro because at the end of the day, like we talked about law through thermodynamics, calories are what really is going to help you to see that weight loss. So yeah, hundred percent protein. That's what's going to protein your muscle. Yes. Help you keep the muscle. Can't go to the gym and put on muscle. If you're not getting enough protein, it won't even rebuild itself at that point. Mm. Totally. Okay. And then what are your socials? Where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Brooke Ralph's fit. Um, I am on TikTok, but I'm not, I'm not the best TikToker. So mostly on Instagram. So come find me, come follow me. It'd be so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this today. I loved it. Like you and me vibe. I'm like, I could sit and talk to you for hours. Like, Same here. Our next topic, girl. Like we're on. just like, I know I'll have to have you on again. Tomorrow, let's go podcast tomorrow. Yeah. I love it. You should start one. I feel like you'd oh, be really wow. good. I oh, had, okay. I think I've had, let's see one, one. I think there's been, there's three guests that I've had who have started podcasts after, no which way. has been fun. Yeah. How long have you been doing this for? I've been doing this for like a year and a half now. So that's awesome. Thanks. So okay. Cool. Well, I, I will get so much too. Like, what'd you say? Talking, I bet you learned so much by talking to so many people too. So much. Yeah. It's like a complete like knowledge. Just like I'm in like a seminar it's like a full hour. It's just, and it's like rest. just to you for a second too. You're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. thank you for inviting me. Like I feel honored. 
So of course, thank you everyone for listening in today. I'm going to pause this recording, but I hope you all have a great rest of your night and we will be seeing you on the next episode.